welcome to the Real Estate Hustlers Podcast. I am your host, Josh Appleman, founder and CEO of Appleman Properties. Today, we're joined with Sean Hewitt, founder and founder of Optimum Real Estate Solutions, expertly guides busy professionals in generating passive income for real estate investing. Sean, thank you for joining us today. If you could just let us know a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, obviously, my name is Sean Hewitt. I'm here in just south of Boston, uh, probably 20, 30 minutes south of Boston. I've lived in Massachusetts pretty my whole life. I started investing in multifamily. Actually, I started, you know, working just like everyone else, working in the kind of the corporate world. I was in construction management and engineering when I came out of college, working for some large construction companies and, you know, biotech type stuff. Um, so I was doing that for a while in my early 20s. And then, um, you know, I started reading just like anyone or most people probably listening. If you if you ever picked up like Rich Dad, Poor Dad or, you know, any of those starter books, um, that's where I started to kind of be interested in real estate and wanted to seek out more information. And, and you know, this was back in 2000, before the market crash. So like 2006 is probably when I bought my first true rental property. It was a three family in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Um, at the time, I didn't know anything. I really shouldn't have bought it <laughs> because I bought it at the height of the market um, and didn't, didn't really know, but it was a good learning experience. And, you know, even, even though I probably, I paid too much for it, um, you know, if you hold it long enough in that circumstance, I was actually able to make some money on it. So um, I turned what could have been negative into a positive, but it also caught, it forced me to learn a lot. And so that's what I've done over the last, say, 15 years or more. Um, I've really gone out and sought the advice and, and teachings of people that are very experienced and knowledgeable. And so that's kind of what I'm doing now is investing still locally, but then also more nationwide, bigger stuff. So that's what I'm doing. So your uh, your first property, it, it goes to the uh, the saying, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. And mm -hmm. and that's really, it, it might've been, you might've purchased it at the height of the market, but you waited it out, you kept it and, and you were able to, to turn a profit still. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't advise, you know, I don't advise <laughs> overpaying for things, but, yeah. uh, but, you know, it's certainly, you can make improvements and especially in multifamily because, you know, there, you know, as your listeners probably realize, you know, there's something called a value add. So um, you're always looking for something that you could do to the property to improve it, whether that's renovating units, doing better management, or, um, you know, maybe reducing expenses in some way, because um, that all feeds into your bottom line and, and improves your NOI for the property. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're focusing now. After that property ended up going on to buy a six family um, property in Pawtucket, but I had learned more from, from that process. And so that's a deal that I found off market. I did direct mail marketing to a family or actually to a you know large group of people, but um, this, the, these uh, people were looking to retire and uh, they just responded to my marketing and I was able to work out an agreement with them that, that made a lot of sense for me to purchase and help them get out of a property that they didn't really want anymore. So, um, and that's kind of, you know, the, that's how I kind of got started in this business. Got it. Well, I know we wanted to talk about capital raising today and different strategies that you use, um, but it's the journey getting there. So you started out with your three flex, then the six. At, at what point did you did you realize that I need to take this bigger and I'm going to need to have partners come in with me on this journey? 
Yeah, it's actually that six families when I took on my first investor. I only took on okay. one. Um, and so, you know, any of us, even if you're in the beginning or you're an experienced investor, we all need more money. We all need more capital to put into deals, right? So the question is, how do you find it? And that's kind of what I've refined over the last several years and try to make a real process and system out of it to try to automate it as much as possible for me. Now, back when I got started, I didn't know all that. So, you know, I started the way that, you know, all gurus tell you is like, go to, go to your local RIA, go to your, you know, local events, talk to your family and friends. Um, and I did that. And ultimately, actually, I went to a, I belonged to a Toastmasters group in Quincy, Mass. And I used to go and just, you know, the whole idea of Toastmasters is for people to improve their speaking or public speaking. Um, and so I would do talks about real estate stuff. And my whole goal, I wasn't trying to sell anybody to invest with me. I was actually just trying to improve my pitch, right? Um, but turns out I sold to people, nice. <laughs> um, so, which is good. So that's where my first investors, or a couple of my first investors came from um, because they heard what I was talking about, said, hey, that sounds interesting. I'm interested in what you're doing. I have you know, $25,000 or $50,000 sitting on the side over here. I don't know what to do with it. Um, can you, are you, do you have any deals that are worth taking a look at? And eventually, yeah, I came across that six family and I connected the dots in terms of, I only put one investor into it. It was more of like a JV type of situation that they had, they just had a debt position. Um, and so, yeah, it worked out great. They were very happy. They were getting I think I was paying 8% at the time, um, which, which was a very good return compared to, you know, the 1% that they could get in the bank. So yeah, um, yeah, they were, they're excited. So giving, um, giving opportunities to, to other people is um, a, a way of sourcing capital. And then of course, alternative investments like real estate, where you can uh, have people participate in deals that they otherwise couldn't find without you. Um, what is, what, what are some ways of you cultivating those relationships? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, all the gurus tell you, go to the RIAs, talk to people there, talk to your friends and family, which I agree you should, you should do that to start. Um, however, I find me personally, I don't do well in those circumstances all the time because I'm not, I'm not a great networker. Like I don't, I don't do that too well. Um, I can do one-on-one -on -one okay. And so that's what I've figured out over the years is that I'm better off talking to people that are already somewhat pre-qualified and are, and I can talk to them one-on-one -on -one because that's a better circumstance for me. I get, I'm just not good in, in, you know, large groups and things like that. So, so what I do nowadays is I actually, I target um, large I target people primarily through online sources, whether mainly through like LinkedIn or Facebook or, you know, any of the online sources. Um, I especially like LinkedIn though, because you can, it's more professional, of course, everyone's, it's a very business driven site. It's not like you're going to see a lot of cat videos or anything like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, so the key with LinkedIn is you want to, of course, reach out to people that are qualified, you know, you want to make sure that at least in your head that you think that they could be qualified and might have an interest. So I always tell people you want to look for business owners 
you want to look for professionals like doctors, dentists, lawyers, maybe not lawyers, they can be tough, but <laughs> doctors, dentists, um, you know, things like that. People that make good living, but probably don't have the time or desire to figure out how to invest in, you know, a passive investment like multifamily, uh, but might have an interest, right? That's, um, so I just recently um, started a, um, uh, an email CRM, just keeping, keeping emails, keeping contacts, um, because I didn't realize the importance of it. So I've always just kept my outlook and email going and contacts in there. But in real estate, I mean, you really, it, it's all about the touch points, the connections and how many uh, messages you're going to send out to keep people reminding, uh, keep reminding people of what you're doing and, um, and um, for progress. Um, how would you recommend someone getting into real estate, starting to build their systems out? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and I'll tell you, you know, my system, but you don't have to start. Mine's kind of elaborate. But, you know, for the first person to start out, what I would do is, like you said, get a CRM. Like I use Active Campaign, for example. Um, you don't have to use that one. But the goal is you want to use a system that you can plug in people's names and email addresses and maybe make a few notes about them. Um, but you want to keep that in a, in a system where you can automatically send out mass emails to these, to all the people, right? Um, and that's the way that I stay in contact with kind of my network. I make it a point to send out, I send a one weekly email to my entire list. And that email is not, hey, remember me, um, I want your money at some point. It's educational based. It needs to be something that they can get value out of. Um, you know, and so I create once a week, I'll create an email and I always try to target towards, you know, something going on in, in the world or something going on in, you know, pop culture um, and, and then relate it to real estate in some way and, and let them know what I'm doing. And then they can go and go to my website and actually view like a, an, a webinar that I had recorded, which gives them more information. And then ultimately, hopefully they have a, a Zoom call with me um, if I haven't already done so. Um, so that's that's kind of the end process of how it works. That's, that, and that's that's getting to the, the point where you're you're actively your business is, is actively helping people put their money in, in great investments. And that's. Um, uh, starting out, it could be friends and family, and then there's uh, there's learning the SEC regulations, um, the, the reg. Uh, the, every regulation has a different standard. Some are like Reg B. Uh, we yeah. just did a raise, and that's friends and family up to 35 people. Um, next one's a um, a C, where it's just accredited investors only. What is your experience on that front with uh, the the different securities and regulations? Um, yeah, I mean it's just a matter of figuring out you know which one you're going with. You know. Um, I, you know, more experienced investors will say you want to only go with accredited investors because it is more, it's a bit more secure for the, for the deal, I would say. Um, but I also like the idea of helping people get into investments that maybe aren't um, something that they would normally see. Because, you know, as, as odd as it may sound, there aren't, these deals don't come around every day for the general audience, right? The general person. Um, so if I can allow, you know, an investor that maybe isn't an accredited investor, but does have money and is knowledgeable, um, I'd like to do that because that just grows and also helps people in a, in a more significant way. Because 
not only are they making money, but I'm also educating them along the way. Um, so I think it's a I think it's a better thing to do it that way, but I can understand doing it in both directions. Um, yeah. It just depends on the deal too, how how complicated the deal is too. Now there's um, there's other groups and institutions out there like uh, family offices that um, that they manage families, um, large families. Well, do you have experience on that front as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I've connected with family offices and and things like that. I have never actually used any funds from a family office. I tend to get it through, like I said, through more people that I've had one-on-one -on -one connections with. Um, you know, I, I I definitely know there are people that get a lot of funds through family offices. I haven't done it personally. Um, there's no downside unless, you know, it's all about how sophisticated an, a, an investor is in terms of coming into your deals. Um, some are going to be very sophisticated, some are not so much, but it depends on what you're looking to do and who you're looking to help in the process. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, like I said, I kind of like working with people that are um, capable, have money to invest, but aren't sure what to do. That I like that approach. Works for me. So aside from capital raising, I know you're very active on finding good deals, underwriting apartment complexes, putting uh, letters of intents out there, LOIs, and hopefully getting one in contract. What is um, What are things that you're looking for on your real estate acquisitions? Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, Size-wise, of course, is important because of scale. We, you know, I typically say we like anywhere from 40 to 200 units uh, in a building um, because both management is a little easier the, the higher number of units you get into. Um, we, of course, want to be in the right location. So I personally spend a good amount of time and we have some software proprietary stuff that we use to try to target um, emerging markets. Like where do we think um, the next good market is going to be based on population growth, based on sales history, and the biggest indicator is job growth. You know, where, where are the jobs moving to? Um, because wherever the jobs go, people are going to follow to some degree. And um, you know, when they follow, we want to be there to provide them a good apartment to rent. Yeah, it's it's always amazing to me. I took a I was up in Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. I think it was probably two or three weeks ago. But we're just driving, and there's nothing around, and all of a sudden, there's a ton of retail. It's like boom, it just just hit. Now there's a there's a small town, a path of progress, and it's like somehow these companies knew that this was going to be a an emerging market at some point. And and if you can get in early enough to find those markets, I mean, it's it could possibly be a gold mine, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so that, you know, just a, on your point, like how did they know those areas? There's actually people, there's a occupation called applied demographers. Um, it's a, they work for government agencies and they work for large corporations. Um, but their whole job is to figure out where are people going and what services and what, you know, what type of properties or what type of uh, infrastructure needs to go there because then they advise either the government agency or um, you know the the private agencies to to invest in those areas so that's like the software that I use that's actually created by an applied demographer um, and so that's that's how you know at least we determine the markets that we like um, we're using the help from someone much more intelligent in that area than us 
and um, we're using that information to, to make the best decisions possible. And that's the great thing with real estate is that there's there's plenty to go around for everybody because no no one person can be everywhere at once. And there are so many small micro pockets within a market that um, that are just getting ready to the boom. And and these like you said, these these counties are they're getting the infrastructure in there and they're they're starting to prep for growth and the investments. So it's um it's getting ahead of the curve and having that data like you have. Is uh, is where you can put investor capital to work, and it's uh, it's a safe investment based on on the data that you know. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, our goal, of course, is to get into a market early, not so early that hasn't hasn't started to improve yet, but early enough that there's still growth potential in it. Um, you know, as you know, if we go and look at a really hot market today, you can almost not buy anything in that market. It's just too expensive, and it doesn't work. Um, so that's why we have to look at these other markets that are, haven't emerged yet, but are are indicating that they are going to at some point. Um, so that's that's the whole kind of name of the game. Would, would those be uh, secondary markets or tertiary when you're getting in? Or yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so you know, like if we look at a market and we say, hey, we love this market, but the problem is it's really hot. Um, so we look at okay, well. Maybe let's look within an hour's drive outside of that major city, um, and you'll start to bump into these secondary and tertiary markets. And so those can be good opportunities because if you think of like the people moving for the jobs, maybe they are moving to that area for the job in the city, but they probably, many of them probably live outside the city and they, they commute in. Um, so if you can take advantage of that, um, there's, there's still good opportunities. So that's kind of what we focus on. Like any major city, you know, you're probably going to have a hard time buying in the immediate downtown area. Uh, yeah. It tends to be, that's where it gets hottest, earliest. And then it kind of expands outward. Um, in all cities, it's different. You know, some expand, let's say, northward. Some expand southward in terms of path of progress. But um, you need to understand that path of progress and what direction it's going to, to, to find a good property. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. So share some success stories with us that uh, you've been doing this for a very long time. You got it early. Um, you've learned a ton, of course, along the way and it's based on experience. Tell us some success stories that you've had along the way. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, I mean, the most recent deals we've done, we've gotten into two deals uh, down in Texas that we really liked. Um, they're, they're in near Baylor University. It's about total about 150 units. Um, so those are great deals that we got into probably in the last year, year and a half, which we really liked. Um, prior to that, we've also done a bunch of deals here in Massachusetts, primarily on the South Coast. Um, and we still own, I still own a, a portfolio down there um, because they, they're good cash flowing properties and uh, we, we run them well and, and they're good properties to own. So um, you know, I'm thinking of like a number of years ago, we bought an eight unit building, um, it, but it was fire damaged. It was really a real, you know, basically a fire started on the first floor and burned up through one side of the building. So we were able to buy it cheap and at that time and, and brought in the, uh, the right contractors and experience and we fixed, installed, a, you know, a full fire alarm system and put everything back together and you know, it really, that's a property that we bought cheap. We bought it like, I want to say $160,000 or something. Um, today, it's probably, it's easily worth, you know, probably 800000 you know, seven, 800000 something like that. 
Um, and that's just in, you know, probably the last six or seven, maybe six years or so. Um, so that's, you know, you're always looking for an opportunity. It's, and it usually comes in the form of work. <laughs> it's, it's coming in, in the form of, oh, uh, there's something wrong with this property. There's something yeah. not being done right. Or like in this instance, a fire. Like a lot of people saw that property, but were like, I don't want to deal with a fire. And neither, yeah. do, neither do we really, but, but the opportunity is there and, and we have the experience to kind of turn it around. So we took advantage of it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And going into those, those properties where they're they they are a disaster going into, we just completed a um, a full renovation. It's just a four unit, but the area that it's in is incredible, and it was built in uh, 1890. Oh, so wow. we're talking about it, very old, and it's it's in Covington, Kentucky, right across the river from Cincinnati. So the the uh, properties, I mean, they're they're known to be old, but you mix the old with the brand new, and it looked really cool. It uh, turned out turns out very sharp. But going into the the project, I mean, it's it was uh, very intimidating. But knowing what we turned it into, it, uh, it's gratifying now that we finally come to that point. So it's I I, I feel you with the fire damage. I know exactly where you're at. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and obviously we're not. Those aren't the type of deals we're necessarily looking for now, but. Yeah. You know, we like the bigger, um, more stabilized type stuff. But you know, that's where a lot of people start. You got to start somewhere. You got to find. You got to find an opportunity that maybe other people are overlooking or aren't interested in for some reason. But you see the value in it. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's really what we do, especially in the beginning. Um, you know, and and talking about. I know we, we had talked earlier about. Um, you know, raising money and stuff like that. I wanted to, one thing I wanted to mention, which not a lot of people know is, um, you know, like when you go on, um, for example, LinkedIn, there's a thing called Sales Navigator on LinkedIn. A lot of people aren't familiar with it, but it's something you have to pay for it. Unfortunately, it's the way they make some money, but Sales Navigator lets you basically tell LinkedIn who you want to find. So you put in a criteria and kind of a criteria that we put in is like business owners. We put our local area like Massachusetts, business owners. And um, for me, I have an engineering background. So I'll either put some engineering stuff or I'll even put like where I went to school. Um, so those are things that people can do. And you can pull a list and pull a huge list, thousands of people. Um, and then that's a good list to, to begin to reach out to with some of your um, marketing. Now, keeping in mind, you need to do a lot of it. And a lot of people are not going to be interested. Um, so it's a it's a funnel type of a system. Um, so but that's how we generate a lot of um, calls. And what I do is I do all zoom calls with people, um, just for the initial. So I haven't even met them in person. But we do have an opportunity to discuss and see where they're at. And, and, and I can give them more information on what I'm doing. And I send them, of course, to our website, which has the, uh, the video and um, there's a lot of good information there. So um, yeah, definitely check it out. That's something to, to look into deeper. You can, you can jump on my um, website and come on our email list and you'll see kind of the emails that we send out. And I don't mind if people use them or, you know, but I, I would suggest what I do is I, I, the messages that I get or make, I look at somebody else, see what they're saying, if it resonates with me but then I put my spin on it. You know, yeah. I, I put a little something different. So that, no, that's my suggestion. Yeah, making it personalized. That way it's, uh, you get uh, get warmed up. You have the same 
you know, same thoughts, beliefs. And then uh, I guess ultimately it's to know, like, and trust each other at, uh, mm -hmm. before you go into the deal. That's yeah, exactly. Huge. And then but the important part, like I had mentioned earlier, is that you need to stay in contact. You need to, whether you don't have to do an email, like that's what I do. Maybe you do, maybe you do a podcast, maybe you do videos, maybe you do something else, but you gotta, you gotta stay top of mind because people are busy, you know? Yeah. And if you, if you let months, you know, six months go by or more, <clears throat> those people are not thinking about you. Right. It's not personal. It's just people are busy. And so you need to find ways to stay top of mind. But it's uh, it's funny because if, if you just look at your own email and emails that are coming over to you, it reminds you of, of people. I get I get emails daily of people that are, and it just it keeps top of mind. Um, mm -hmm. So it's uh, it, it's great to it's a great tactic to use to to stay in front of people. Just uh, email campaigns. Um, so someone wanting to get started in real estate, they're uh, they're trying to connect the dots. They're listening to us right now. They're trying to pick up the pieces. Um, how would you recommend that they continue their journey down the real estate investing career? Well, I mean, of course, the first thing is get educated. You need to understand what you're doing. Um, it's not real estate's not a terribly complicated thing. I think we all understand if you can find something that's undervalued and you have a clear vision on what you can do to, to bring value to it, then there's the opportunity, right? Um, that's what most people in the beginning need to focus on. Even if you don't have any money to do the deal, even if you don't have any con, you know, construction background, if it needs work, um, the biggest thing is to figure out how to locate good deals. Because if you're good at finding good deals, then you can bring them on you know, to anyone. You could bring them to Josh. You could bring them to me. You could bring them to any number of people. And if they're experienced and they know what, what they're looking at, they'll say, yeah, this is a great deal. Let's do something with it. And you'd be able to get involved in it. Um, yeah. So I think that's a good way to start in the beginning is educate yourself on how to find good deals and then connect, you know, network with people, uh, even just virtually um, on groups like this. And and reach out to them and say, hey, I found this great deal. Are you interested in it? Or do you know somebody that is? And before you know it, you'll be you'll be in a deal and, and on your way. Perfect. Awesome. And you are on the Real Estate Hustler podcast, Sean. What makes you a real estate hustler? <laughs> well, every day I do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, this is what I do full time. Um, yeah, my focus is only on you know, the portfolio that we own locally, and then also the deals that we're getting into on a more of a national level. Um, so this is all I do. I don't, I don't, I don't get a W-2 or anything like that, um, which was actually one of my goals a number of years ago. I had mentioned earlier that, you know, I started out working in the construction field and property uh, construction management. Um, but just like I'm sure many of you listening, you get tired of it. You know, I, I personally got tired of having to ask when can I take a vacation or when can I, I got three weeks of vacation. When can I actually use it? You know, I got tired of doing that. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat. So, and you don't have to say, all right, well, I, I need to get every bit of money up front right now to get me out of my job. You just need to start. Like if you can get say, Hey, if I can get a thousand dollars of cash flow coming into me in the next year, what would, could that help to start to get me in the right direction on maybe getting out of that W-2 job or at least reducing it or going to something different? Um, I think that's a great way to start and a, and a good goal to have. 
That's perfect. If um, if a listener wants to get a hold of you and learn more about yourself and your company, how can they how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, the best is um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just Google my name or look pull, pull up my name, or you you can also go to our website, which is buildwealthwithapartments.com. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, and then we'll send your contact information out when we repost. Uh, definitely appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us some valuable content and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Great. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Josh. Josh. Bye.